thing. Yeah, I, I think I think that when I think when non-vegan chefs like when they're making their vegan ramen, I think they're thinking of like subtraction, like ah, like see. I'm losing the bones. How yeah, can, yeah. how can I survive this? Um, I think I think like it's good to turn around and try to view positively. Like I have to do with, do without this. What new thing can I add to make this like original and to make this like something that people want to try? Hey everybody, welcome back to The Way Ramen Podcast. In today's episode, I sit down with Chris Gantan, a vegan ramen cook from San Francisco, California. Vegan ramen is something that I get a ton of requests for on my YouTube channel, and yet I really don't know anything about it. It seems so challenging to me to make ramen without bones or any kind of animal products. I didn't even know where to start. So luckily for me, and for you too, there's people out there like Chris, who is not just a ramen cook making vegan ramen. He's actually a vegan who's obsessed with making ramen. There's a difference there, which we find out in this episode. This is actually the second time we tried to record this episode. The first time was a few months back, and I feel like this is the way it was meant to be because we both seem to have evolved our way of thinking about ramen in parallel since that first conversation. And I think this was a lot more nuanced and helpful in my opinion. If you've ever wanted to make vegan ramen for your restaurant or just at home, this is the episode for you. So without further ado, here is Chris Gantan, aka Vegan Tanmen. First of all, thank you again for coming back on the show. We didn't release thank, the first thank episode. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, yeah. This is a good time. I figured that you probably wouldn't be working right now. So I was like, oh, she said yeah, <laughs> yeah, both of us have plenty of free time. Like yeah, no one's doing anything. So. With this corona lockdown and stuff, it's been crazy. So yeah. Um, I put it on so I put it on Instagram so people who saw it know that you're like a vegan ramen guy. But yeah, for everybody who didn't see that post and things like that, could you please introduce yourself and let people know what you're doing? Yeah, so my my name is Chris. I'm a San Francisco native, and um, yeah, I just I've been vegan for four or five years, and I make ramen. And it turns out turns out like ramen is like one of my favorite things to make. Um, I think it's like one of the best ex- like expressions of like every skill like a cook can have. And um, yeah, like when when I when I made it for people, like it gets me the most excited about cooking. So it kind of over the years after making bowls and researching, I've kind of developed into like being like a guy who's, I don't sell ramen, like I don't have a business, but I want to make the best vegan bowl there is out there. And I want to serve it to someone who eats meat. And for them to say like, wow, this like stands up to like a regular tonkatsu. Nice. And uh, I and my uh, handle is, it's a vegan underscore 10 men at, uh, on, on Instagram. And uh, I think we talked about it last time, but you never actually started eating ramen until after you became vegan. I kind of remember you talking yes. about that. Yeah, like my first experience was like, I was like maybe like five or six and my brother would like, would get me like the instant noodles like in the block and then he would like make that for me. Like that was the closest thing I got when I was like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And then like, I might have ordered like sit down restaurant ramen like maybe around like early teenage years with my parents. Because um, my, my parents didn't, didn't like go out to like a bunch of, you know, specialty stores all the time. They like, they, they like chains. They like Olive Garden, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like, and and stuff like that. And um, I didn't really like, I didn't really like like notice like how how like complex and interesting ramen was until until I was vegan. Um, so my first real bowl that I ever made was after watching an anime. The anime is called Food Wars, or in Japanese, Shokugeki no Soma. And one of the characters made a a vegan vegetarian ramen out of miso and soy milk and then i told my girlfriend like hey i'm gonna make this for you like this sounds crazy they made a vegetarian dish on my favorite my favorite anime 
and um and I made it for her. I made it very poorly too. I use like prepackaged soba noodles instead of ramen noodles, oh. and then like I put like 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 odd ratios of miso and soy milk together into the broth, and then. And I think I even like uh, scraped in like ebi gobo root. I think it's like mountain yam into it. Uh-huh. That goes apparently that was like the specialty part of it. And then it was just this weird like blob of like stuff at the bottom of the bowl in the end. <laughs> and my girlfriend ate it, and she was like, "Wow, this is one of the best things you've ever made." <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it was like like I like I wasn't even like the best cook back then, and it was my first time making ramen. But then the idea was was so good, and I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm gonna try it again." So That's I made cool, it for man. yeah. So I made it for her family, and then. I started like researching how to make better ramen. It turns out there was a whole world out there, and I was like, "Wow, this isn't this is not just food. This is like an art form." Yeah, Shokugeki no Soma actually has done a bunch of ramen dishes too because they had that one ramen battle. Yeah, they had a ramen the, battle. Yeah, yeah. So along with the miso soy milk ramen, there was like a battle of ramen between two mm-hmm. characters. Um, I think one guy made soup de poison, which is some French soup as ramen, and someone else made like I think I think the this other character made. It was like um, scallop and like scallop and vegetable ramen or something, mm. and both were like considered really good. Yeah, yeah, that, that show is pretty cool. Uh, it, it's also kind of interesting when, for ramen itself, is like in the Western world. I, 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 this is something that I've been thinking about a lot, and I think I started. We talk about it with um, in the community all the time. Like, where is the line that's that that ramen can still be considered ramen? You know, like if yeah. you're if you're making. If you're making uh, ramen, but it doesn't have like these traditional ramen ingredients like tonkotsu or like pork bones, chicken bones, and all of these things that are considered, there's no traditional ramen. It's a very new food still. Of course. But like, at what point does it stop being ramen? And at what point is it just like noodle soup? That's something completely different now. But I, I recently have been thinking that a lot, a lot of what makes ramen ramen, in, at least in Japan, Mm-hmm. is that a Japanese guy is the one who's putting it in front of you. It seems like, you know, because yeah. even the food, in food wars, like those two things that they served in that, in that battle were not what you would consider traditional ramen at all. And I yeah. think vegan ramen also falls into that as well. Yeah, true. Um, in, that ep- in, in that episode, though, uh, the one thing that they didn't have control over was the noodles. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because like, um, like in the plot, they make the noodles for them. Uh-huh. And um, I think that, I think I think this has been said on your podcast before too. That one thing that does, I think one thing that does make ramen ramen is like the alkaline salts mm-hmm, in the noodles, and then I guess everything around it, it's like up for debate. I guess, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. I'm, I'm here putting like like vegan flat milk into a ramen bowl, and then can I call that ramen to some people? Like, what's <laughs> what someone? I've always wondered, like like what would like a ramen master in like Japan who has had his shop for like 20 years? I wonder what he would say when he saw me make a bowl. Like, would he call it ramen? <laughs> you yeah. say this is like some American stuff. Well, that's the interesting thing is it seems like a lot of Japanese ramen chefs would love to taste America a, a good version of like an American influenced ramen rather than mm-hmm. eating Japanese influenced ramen made in America. If that makes yeah. sense, it's that's, that's that's the kind of vibe that I got from interviewing the two Japanese chefs that I had on my show. But um, so yeah, like let's so vegan ramen is probably the most requested video on my youtube channel i think i told you that the last time we talked to you yeah you told me that so can we talk about like the basics of vegan ramen what makes it of course you're not using animal animal meats but like what are like the core components of vegan ramen of good of maybe like good vegan ramen um (laughs) i'm still trying to answer that myself (laughs) um i i generally have been following like the normal rules for 
about just ramen in general, like you have your five components, noodles, broth, tare, oil, and toppings. And I think that when you make a bowl vegan, you, you're subtracting a lot of things, of course. You're subtracting like chashu and egg and like, you know, even like the soup, like the very soup too, like, like, every, like a lot of things are sacrificed. And then you kind of just look at what you're missing and then you got to get like just as creative as you can and think, how can I just bring back the experience? So it doesn't have to be the component. Like if you're taking away chashu, it's not like you have to, you have to like make something that, that looks, smells and tastes like chashu. You have to make something that's satisfying like chashu. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'll, I'll talk about it later, but like, like I've been wondering, like, like the, the choice of protein for a lot of like vegan Asian cooking is tofu. Yeah. And, and then like, I, and then like for a while I was thinking like, I need to make like actual chashu. I need to make it look like chashu. Mm-hmm. And like, I was thinking, how can I get that spiral fat? How can I get that color? Like that, that burnt braising on it but then but lately i just been making plain like baked tofu that i decided to rest one day over, overnight after like, baking it and then brushing it with sauce and braising it with like soy sauce and brown sugar and then i made something that's like really meaty really like deep in flavor and then when i served it to my brother who's not vegan he thought it was he thought it was amazing too and like that was that was like enough for me like it didn't look like it it didn't it kind didn't really smell like it definitely just wasn't it but it mm-hmm. still like filled the hole that like taking away the chashu was so i think like trying to change your your ingredients and your cooking methods to be creative can can make it like you know the same experience in a different in vegan, way in vegan cooking how important like i've seen recipes on the internet where they're trying really hard to make it look and smell and feel and taste like meat you yeah. know like yeah. you, there's like vegan barbecue ribs and vegan yeah. like recipes for these things. And is there like, is that a, is that a big part of what vegan cooking is? Or is it more just, is, is there like also like, I'm so uninformed with the vegan cooking, but, or is there just like also people that's like, no, vegan cooking is just eating vegetables and not eating, you know, yeah. you don't have to try to make it look like <laughs> meat every single time. Like, yeah. Vegan is cooking is, is interesting because vegan cooking, I see it is, as in different factions. Okay. okay. Like you have health vegans and then you have the, like the ethics vegans. Okay, like okay. Some people said I went vegan for my health. Others say I went vegan because so, I don't want to kill animals or something mm-hmm. or, or I don't want to hurt the environment. And I think that that's the difference in the food that they eat. People who are I vegan for their, for their health is, are people who it's like they're eating like eating like a ton of vegetables, maybe even eating like a lot of raw vegetables and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then people who went vegan for ethics, like they don't care. They eat like a ton of Oreos. They eat like all <laughs> kinds of stuff full of sugar. French fries. Yeah. yeah, French fries, ton yeah. of French fries. And um, and they like to eat like, you know, super unhealthy food. And and I think that like, I think that the vegan food that looks like meat is just it's just because like all of us used to be meat eaters, mm-hmm. like most of us, like there's not a lot of people who were raised vegan, mm-hmm. like at this time. But I think that like, that's just, you know, the shape that we like, kind of, kind of like understood that shape and color of something as like, this is like something meaty, this is something that has a lot of flavor. And it's, it's kind of like, if you're going to sell something like that, like, what are you going to do? Call it like soy circles or something like, you're going to call <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you know, like call it like vegan ribs or like, or like vegan, um, like vegan brisket or something, vegan chashu. Mm-hmm. And then, and people like people, especially people who just went vegan too, people who like miss it, but they're doing it for their own reason. Uh-huh. Like, 
like they that sets up the expectation of what it, it ta- it's going to taste like and what it looks like and even what the what the nutritional value of it is too and um i i think that i think that that's that's where that comes from the vegan mm. food looking like meat i see, I see. As a, yeah it's interesting because vegan has like when you hear the word vegan it sounds like health food but you can make very unhealthy vegan food as well. Like, I could yeah, yeah, you can make really unhealthy vegan food. Like, not not all fats are vegan. Like, not all. I, I mean, not all fats are like non-vegan. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's plenty of different ways to get like fats and richness. Um, um, like umami, which comes from meat. Like all the different like umami acids that go mm-hmm. that come from meat. Like, you can get those from like different different like plant plant um ingredients it's just you have to be creative about it and like how you how you get them out mm-hmm. like kombu or msg yeah 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 okay so let's let's talk about like the actual making vegan ramen because I, I i gotta do a, a video of on it because i just keep getting every single video i put out i was like hey you're gonna make a vegan ramen one day <laughs> like every single video it, yeah. that i put up there's at least a handful of comments that are asking for that and so it's but i really don't know like what to do and and you sent me a recipe and mm-hmm. I really appreciated that and I looked at that of course. and but I guess I'm just confused as far as like um it's just so like I'm not used to working with a lot of these ingredients and so mm-hmm. could you could you kind of break down like a general I guess maybe as far as you want to go into it but like chintan and python let's we can start there like the, the types of soups how would you do like a vegan chintan as like a standard vegan chintan and a standard python yeah um i'll start with vegan python vegan python is is like python from my understanding like so i've never even had tonkatsu mm-hmm. before but my understanding is that python is made with more like aggressive cooking methods like high heat boiling bones like rapidly until like it looks milky mm-hmm. um so like i mean of course like like when we make the veggie like veggie broth out of like vegetables like if you boil if you boil like your vegetables for the base soup like very gently like that would become a python and then if you boil it very strongly that would just cloud up and then wait 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 i think i said that i think i said gently was python that's that's wrong yeah uh, when you yeah when you when you like bring them up to a simmer boil them for a couple of hours that makes a chinton um and then when you boil them aggressively it makes it makes a python well it's kind of, kind of you have no choice but to make a python <laughs> like like you can't uncloud the soup yeah yeah um i think that Vegan ramen tends to be Python mostly. Um, I, when I when I go around like San Francisco or when I visited Japan, like every vegan ramen I got was a Python, mm-hmm. and any vegan ramen that I made that's in, that's impressed someone has been a Python. I see. I see. Um, the way I go about making, I have I have two ramens that I'm happy about that I make right now. The first one's a soy milk ramen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's made of just a combination of soy milk and miso. Like I learned about it on that anime. And then when I went to Japan, I took one class mm-hmm. and, and they taught me how to make, how to refine that miso soy milk recipe. It, uh, the one I sent you is a version of that too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, like everything you know about bones, like you have to throw out because there's no bones in vegan <laughs> ramen. Yeah. <laughs> like all the different methods. Um, it's just more about like, like adding different, different ingredients together that will, will look like, you know, for example, a tonkotsu mm-hmm. and then. And then adding like you know different things that will make it taste like a tonkatsu without ruining the color of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the yeah the first one I make is a soy milk ramen that's miso and soy milk. And then the other one I make that I, that I'm very proud of is it's a I call it vegan tonkatsu, 
and that is made of oat milk and what I call a gelatinized dashi. Okay. So, so that's when I make dashi and I I boil agar agar into it. Oh, okay. And that and that guy got to be really careful with that because that <laughs> makes that 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 turns the dashi into like this strange savory alien jello <laughs> when it cools down. But at a high temperature, it's this really this really thick, silky, just melty kind of substance. Mm-hmm. I make the broth half of half of oat milk. Oat milk. Have, have you had oat milk before? No, I seen it at the store, and I was thinking about buying it before this whole coronavirus thing started to yeah. just start experimenting for vegan ramen. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what are the differences yeah. between these types of like plant-based milks as far as oh, like, yeah. using it for ramen? Oh yeah, def- definitely. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get to that. Um, the oat oat milk is the most popular popular uh, plant-based milk. It's the newest one too. It's just like mm-hmm. oats and water, like blended together and then extracted to make a milk. But for some reason, like it's the creamiest one out there. Oh okay, and um. I make I make this vegan tonkotsu that's half oat milk and half gelatinized dashi, and then I add like I add a shiotari to it, and when I tasted it, it was like I've never had tonkotsu, but I think it tasted <laughs> I think that's what tonkotsu was like. <laughs> it was it was good, man. Also, also yeah. with, with like my flavorite oil too. I use a shallot yeah. oil, and it, it was it was my favorite bowl I made so far. Ah, uh, nice. That sounds yeah. really good, actually, because I've yeah. done I've done soy milk um, bowls just to test things in the past. There's a lot of like fake tonkotsu Japanese recipes written in Japanese, and they're almost always soy milk and something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of, I kind of, kind of, kind of can kind of like think about that. But yeah, like that mouthfeel of bringing in like a gelatin kind of thing mm-hmm. with the agar agar to bump up the already creaminess of the oat milk. I can, I can see that working really well if you have a yeah. nice toddy with that. Yeah, yeah. It's like adding the creaminess and the silkiness together. Um, I think that soy milk is soy milk's been the choice of like um, Japanese chefs in japan mm-hmm. to make their vegan ramens because i think it's because soy milk is familiar like yeah. soy milk I, i'm not quite sure but i think it has a long history from china and then mm-hmm. i don't know which country gave it to who but i think that it's just really it's like familiar as like a like a milk like a milky like kind of kind of liquid that can imitate the color and like texture of tonkatsu so i, I think that's why it's so popular right now in vegan ramen but i think oh, the other plant-based milks have a lot of potential too to like to give that same effect yeah the thing about the soy milk too i found it in a, well when i was doing all these trying to do research for i've been trying to do research for a vegan ramen for a long time but um in japan the soy milk that all of these people are using is, is a soy milk called chose tonyu which is if you break down the kanji chose means like processed mm-hmm. it's like processed soy milk yeah and it has it's kind of like like an original flavor silk soy milk or something like yeah. that but it, so there's sugar and stuff in it to make it easier to drink mm-hmm. But the level of sugar in the Japanese one is less than the American processed soy milks. Mm-hmm. And so I could never find one that has like the exact amount of sugar as the Japanese one in, in the U.S. And so I think the, I've, I've tried like with unsweetened soy milk and it kind of, to me, like anyway, comes out tasting a little bit grassy for some reason. But it could just be the grassy. brand too. Like the brand, it, you probably know this more than me, but like is there a big difference between brands of soy milk as far as like how they taste or is it pretty homogenous? Like, you know, you buy milk. Yeah. Milk just tastes like regular milk. You know, like yeah. milk. no matter what brand you get, it kind of tastes just like cosmic. But I've, I don't yeah. know if it's soy milk is similar or is there like vast differences between different brands? There's a lot. There's a lot of different different flavors. I mean, like the brands are, of course, really different. Um, I think that whenever you buy original soy milk, it always has like a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. Um, I, I personally seek like a like a sugar free one. So yeah, there's like a sugared one. There's a sugar free one. 
There's ones that have vanilla too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I try to avoid sugar in a in in like the soy milk because I associate sweetened soy milk with vanilla. Mm-hmm. And then if I taste like that sugar in the ramen, I'm gonna think like vanilla. Like ah, like I'm, yeah, I'm drinking yeah. the soy milk. I, I just want the ramen to just be creamy. You know, like this is creamy ramen broth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think like like that that's like the those are the three kinds of soy milk. I mean, there's chocolate soy milk too, of course. <laughs> yeah, like th- those are all those different. Kinds. If you go to Japan, there's all kind. There's there are hundreds of flavors of soy milk uh-huh, like, uh-huh. of all different kinds. Does, um, o- does think, oat milk have like a kind of flavor? Like, what's the flavor profile of oat milk? I've never tried it yet, but it tastes like milk, man. Like, oh yeah, just yeah, like like yeah. I've I remember what what dairy tastes like, and yeah. it just tastes like milk to me. It's it um also the brand I like Oatly. Mm-hmm. Um, they got really popular. They were there was like a shortage for a little while because like <laughs> it, it really popped off. Um, like when it got really popular, and also when Shelter in Place happened, everyone yeah. was buying it because it, it keeps longer. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it has it has three. They have three levels of fat actually. They have low fat, full fat, and normal oatly. Okay. And and like they they like take out a certain amount of fat. I think they're trying to imitate dairy milk. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use a normal one in my ramen. How is so the fats just come from the oats? Like oats have like this natural plant fat in it? I think so. I think that they had this a natural fat in them. Um, I mean if you ever had oat um like just oatmeal. Yeah, yeah. Like oatmeal is just like oats and water, a grain. Yeah. Before you add the milk, like that can be pretty like thick and like fatty. So I think that there's a natural fat in oats. I, I've I haven't looked at like the back of my my <laughs> yeah, oats yeah. like thing yet. <laughs> like the nutrition facts yet. Okay, but I think cool. it's naturally fatty. Alrighty, that sounds okay. So I, if I were to make a bowl, I think I might try oat milk. Is it possible to just make it yourself out of oatmeal? Uh, yes, actually, yes, it is. Okay, it's just it, it's just um oat, oatly has a lot of additives in it. Oh, okay, I see. To or a couple of added, like yeah, yeah, a bunch of different like like text like texturizers to it. Oh, I'm I not see. saying it's super processed, but it has it's the same as soy milk. Soy milk has yeah. uh, soy milk has usually has some kind of uh. I forgot what it's called. It's like this red algae that they put in it. Oh yeah, yeah, like That's a stabilizing like, agent or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a little controversial. That makes it more thick and milky. Um, soy mm. milk's actually watery. Um, oh, okay. Like on its own, I think oat, oat milk might be a little bit like that. I've seen recipes out there to make your own oatly oat milk, and they use like avocado oil or like oh. vegetable oil that they that uh-huh. they emulsify in, and that makes it a little bit thicker. Mm, I see. I see. Yeah, so it's possible to do it. My girlfriend has made oat milk before. That's been that's been really good. Um, okay. It was it's, it was hard to get it like the same though. Yeah, yeah. I should just try to Instacart some oat, oat milk. <laughs> All right. So cool, man. Um, I remember the recipe that you sent. It was like a combo, dashi and soy milk kind of thing. Are are you trying to use the? Sorry, what what's the thing the thought process behind that using like a dashi and soy milk? Because I've seen. Uh, recipes and Japanese recipes for this kind of stuff. They don't generally do that. So mm-hmm. what's the thought process? Is it just for like umami extraction of the dashi stock into the the soup or? Um, I think my, I think the thought process behind that, like, like that recipe I sent you was like, like after like looking at, at like, like different, um, like different recipes that I learned about soy milk ramen. Mm-hmm. And I, I think my experience was that, that they mostly did that. Okay. But uh, when I was taught in Japan too, like, like the teacher like did half dashi, half soy milk. Oh, okay, okay. So I didn't I didn't make up that ratio, but my my thinking on that thought process is that like what you just said, like adding the umami from dashi, like mm. 
from kombu and dried mushrooms, adding that to to the soy milk, and also from like whatever vegetables you simmer to to make to make the broth. If if you if you chose to use vegetables, yeah. um, I think that brings like the like the deep kind of umami flavor, and then the soy milk is to add the creaminess to it. So so it's it's kind of like like you were trying to make tonkatsu. And then, and then, but then now you've taken away your bones. You've uh-huh. taken, and the bones have texture, flavor, umami. Yeah. They have all like all the things that you need are in there because bones are are really complex in like their, you know, whatever what they're made of. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to take these more basic things and try to reconstruct that experience. And it doesn't have to be all soy milk because soy milk is like it's just it's just too creamy. Like you're gonna know that it's soy milk. It's just you're <laughs> drinking soy milk if you make yeah, all yeah, soy milk yeah. in the ramen. And um. Uh, I yeah, I, that's my thing behind it. You're, you're trying to reconstruct like the experience of what tonkatsu would be, okay. or like yeah, or chicken makes, pie town. That makes a lot of sense. Like because you can't use the the bones for the collagen and stuff. You're using uh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And um, I noticed in the recipe that you sent me too, you're using like sake leaves in in some of the part yeah. components. What are what's the idea behind that? Like sake leaves is it has a very distinct flavor yeah um to me and what was the thinking behind that is it just like you tried it and it tasted good or what um that that was i was i was taught that too in japan oh, okay okay and um the sake leaves i can't really describe it but when i put it in it it, had, it added another level of umami to it i believe i believe there's a there's a little a little bit of like you know you know umami flavoring uh-huh. in the sake leaves it's like what's left behind after you press sake mm-hmm. um and that's why I think that that you supposed to, you're supposed to dissolve that in. When that goes in soy milk, the soy milk like changes flavor like immediately. Mm-hmm. It, wow. it it becomes a lot. You know what? It becomes a lot creamier. That's what I remember. Like adding the sake loose to it. I, I I don't know why it does that, but I think it's because of because of the fact that the flavors and the textures of the sake loose and the soy milk are like they're like polar opposites almost. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of enhance each other through that. Um. I mean, I, I kind of liken it to like when you're cooking mushrooms and you add like wine to mushrooms, oh, okay. and that that like bumps up like the savoriness of the mushrooms. Yeah, that that that's how I see it when you add sake leaves. Um, I I think it I think it's it's a ingredient that not a lot of people have heard of or are familiar with, but I've seen like like you know artisanal stuff that has sake leaves in it. I've seen chocolate that has sake leaves in it, and I think mm. that's supposed to make the chocolate creamier. Mm. I I I just like actually watched a a ramen video. Um, today i was doing some research for some to help somebody with the with the ramen recipe and they actually added sake leaves into like a it's basically like a vegetarian vegan ramen too and they added yeah. sake leaves into soy milk too so there probably yeah. is some kind of thinking yeah. behind that yeah I, I don't know the science behind it but if i mean if, if anyone out there knows I, I'd, <laughs> I'd love i'd love for them to tell me all right cool man so we kind of broke down the last time we talked about all the different components and i kind of remember noodles being just like you could just use any kind of ramen noodles because you're just doing the same thing basically you're just matching the flavor of a ramen noodle. there's no as long yeah. as you don't add eggs into the noodles yeah you're just too special about it yeah yeah they're just using tra- traditional like like traditionally it, it, there were no eggs in it so yeah 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 you just use the normal noodles um yeah, yeah. yeah. okay um, let's see oh yeah and I, i've been playing with like um sodium carbonate and mm-hmm. potassium carbonate since i last yeah. talked to you uh-huh um I think I think like like that that added a lot of customization to like how I do the noodles. Like normally it was just like flour noodles, water, and mm-hmm. like the baking, bake the baking soda. But mm-hmm. the potassium carbonate has been 
adding like oh they've been they've been feeling more restaurant like lately yeah <laughs> yeah adding that it's a it's weird like it just has like a different effect than the flour and the gluten so mm-hmm. um, it just makes it like more br- almost like brittle like firmer but yeah like, the sodium carbonate will get you that chewy chewiness and then that uh, the potassium yeah. carbonate will get the the brittleness I, I, that's what i've experienced it myself and that's what other people have told me too but i don't i've never tried to just make 100% potassium carbonate noodles yeah but have you tried just doing 100% 100% potassium carbonate yeah i have tried let's see i think i have only gone to like 60 or 70% yeah yeah and I, that was a little bit over for me i um so far my preference is half and half mm-hmm. and yeah that that's pretty much it um i do note that potassium carbonate is heavier than yeah. sodium carbonate. Uh-huh. So I did I did like swap out so a couple of teaspoons of my I was measuring by teaspoons and I uh-huh. swapped out some teaspoons of uh my sodium carbonate with potassium carbonate uh-huh. but I actually made more by weight <laughs> alkaline salts than I'm supposed to put in so when yeah, I made yeah. the noodles it tasted like just straight alkaline. <laughs> and it was it was it was not a good flavor. Yeah. So if anyone out there is thinking about adding potassium carbonate um to their noodles and swapping out your like sodium carbonate make sure that you use a scale yeah, yeah, yeah. scale is important for noodle making yeah as as far as the other components of ramen tare tare it almost seems like you could do that too a standard tare just vegan not adding the fish components into it right like you could do yeah. kombu shiitake you can you basically have access to all of the ingredients of a standard tare just not the fish Yeah, or it's just the like pork. Just, just katsu, or... katsuboshi is, yeah, 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 is yeah. gone very much. Or I don't know, pork fat. I know, I know. Like, I've watched Ivan Orkin videos. He puts pork fat in it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And but then that that's not really standard. I think it's just katsuboshi is the one thing you have you have to do without. Mm-hmm. Gotta, gotta get creative on that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it really does seem like the, the the things for vegan ramen is the soup and the toppings. Because oh, the oil too. I guess you can't use animal fats at all. But I guess yeah. even that you could just do vegetable oils or kind of. Have you experimented yeah. with different types of oils for the aroma oils? Yeah, um, I've I have used. Let's see, I have used avocado to make avocado oil to make a garlic oil. I've used like canola vegetable oils. I think I tried using earth balance once. That, that that's like a that's like margarine. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think I saw I saw on canola oil. Canola oil just it just feels standard. Yeah. It's I think it's the like the prettiest because I don't know it, like the kind of the way it looks after you put it in the soup, kind of has this kind of um, like a sheen kind of, to it. Yeah, it's a sheen. It's kind of yeah. subtle. Uh-huh. Um, I know. I think I've heard of a restaurant using coconut oil before. I haven't tried that yet, but I'm a little interested about that. Coconut oil is like really heavy. Yeah, it seems And like I it could that, be like a lard replacement or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coconut oil is a lard. Yeah, that's definitely a good lard replacement. Um, refined coconut oil, not virgin. Virgin oh, has yeah. still has the coconut flavor in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I I like. I've been trying to imitate. Uh, not trying to, but I think I kind of imitated like, like chicken fat by cooking canola oil with shallots, okay. and just making a shallot oil with like. Like almost to the point that the shallots like nearly burn. Yeah, yeah. That's been my oil of choice lately because um I really like that flavor. Like it made me think that this is what what a chicken pie stand would smell like. <laughs> yeah, based <laughs> on like how I because I I have memories of like my dad like you know frying chicken skin in like uh-huh. uh, like a toaster oven and mm-hmm. like I remember that smell when I smelled the shallot oil I was like that smells like vegan chicken oh, oil. Cool. Yeah. I should really give that a shot. 
it sucks that I can't buy ingredients. Just go to the store and just get stuff. I know, I know, it man. Like, sucks, man. I, I ran out of flour a little while ago. <laughs> and yeast has been so hard to find, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. heard like my wife was trying to get some yeast to bake some bread and stuff. But I, I guess that's what everybody after they did their toilet paper runs and they had toilet paper. They're like, okay, now flour and yeast, and everybody yeah. went and bought all the flour and yeast. Stuff. Yeah, I think some yeah some people hoarded it because a lot a lot of stores didn't think about the fact that with everyone staying home, everyone wants to make bread. Yeah, yeah. If suddenly everyone's everyone's a baker and bake in the baking <laughs> yeah but i eventually found some it, it was it was rationed though i was only allowed to buy like two packets of, yeah. like, instant yeast. that sucks yeah, yeah that sucks a lot mm-hmm. so 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 that sounds pretty good for oil i'm trying to get i'm just trying to get notes for myself if i try to do this stuff and as far as toppings we kind of talked about it in the beginning of the show where yeah there's a shift away maybe that you've had a epiphany recently where you don't feel the desire to try to mimic the look and appearance of these in- toppings yeah. as much as as before maybe yeah well well you don't have to you don't, it's not a requirement but mm-hmm. it, it is fun to try and imitate it yeah. like like making a vegan egg i had a i had like kind of an episode where i was trying really hard to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like like i yeah like um i was trying to mimic like like an onsen egg on top uh-huh. of the ramen um i was like blending silk and tofu with like agar agar this is way back when and then I was scooping out the center and then I was trying to figure out what the yolk would be. And then I kind of just like put in front of my girlfriend, this like gelatinous kind of mess of like white and yellow stuff on top of, on top of a perfectly good bowl of ramen. Yeah, yeah. And then she was like, she said like, wow, like, I mean, it's, I don't, I'm impressed, I guess, by the effort. <laughs> and um, I think I, I've made it like, like three times or so. And then I saw some ramen shop in LA do it. Like they already did it, Robin Hood, and then I was like, okay, someone out there's done it already. I think I'm gonna wait for the recipe to get like, be more re- like refined, commonplace, and accessible uh-huh. online, and then I'll I'll revisit this. Um, yeah, I, I've had it before, and in Robin Hood at LA, like their vegan egg is it's it's pretty good. It's it's pretty accurate. <laughs> That's it's it, probably one of the advantages you have is that you're you still remember all of these things what they tasted like. Yeah. Prior to becoming vegan, so you can yeah. kind of say, "Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty close to to an egg." Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, but I want to go back to the fact that to like to like my my thought that vegan Robin doesn't have to imitate it; you just have to get the experience. Yeah, yeah. and when you think about an onsen egg, it's just like this. It's just like a singular, like circular, oval shaped thing in the bowl. It's like saucy, has high flavor. It's it's like a one or two bite thing. Um, a roasted tomato, I think, is a good solution to that like you don't have to make a vegan egg you don't have to like you know chemically alter your your tofu with agar to make it a certain texture and shape and stuff mm-hmm. um half of a like a tomato that's been had and roasted like that has a ton of umami and mm-hmm. that's giving me the same experience um I'm, i, I want to make a shio robin that has like something that represents every component that's supposed to be in there like you know there's menma but there's also chashu and uh-huh. the egg and stuff like like I wanna when I make that I'm I'm gonna make like a roasted tomato my egg, at this moment until I learn how to make the actual like like yeah. vegan egg that can has a yolk inside of it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I did like I I'm gonna send you the video after we get done with this. But I I just watched a video for that. It was a, it looked like a vegetarian ramen. Do vegetarians eat fish? Maybe not. Uh, maybe not vegetarian. They they put nonplus fish sauce. Okay, so it wasn't. A, yeah. It was a healthy ramen because they had they put uh, fish sauce in it. But I think other than the fish sauce, they could have just put soy sauce and it would have been, it could have been considered vegan. But, but the toppings, as far as toppings, it was not any of the traditional ramen toppings. They didn't have, it was like, 
I forget what they had now, but it's like a bunch of mushrooms, things like fried mm-hmm. mushrooms and think it was things that you wouldn't think would go on ramen, but it looked in place like it's supposed to be there. So, yeah, um, I really feel, yeah, it's kind of a, I just, I think there, there really isn't much rules to ramen as long as it tastes good. As long as you're, you're um, backing up that core taste that you want to provide and it's balanced, yeah. I think you're good to go. I don't think you need to yeah. strive yeah, I- to make it. I think that if the internet wasn't invented, I think, and like globalization didn't, didn't uh-huh. get as big, I think ramen would have become traditional in Japan. Like, because yeah. the chefs made it a certain way. Like, they used the lard. They used, like, there's like a, there's mm-hmm. like, there's like chashu, and I guess there's an egg or something. Like, I think that, I think that if so many cultures didn't pick up on it, I think it totally would have, like, become traditional and, like, like been done a certain way. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, I think like how popular it got and how global it got made a lot of cultures get their hands on it, like in a, like in Western and Eastern cultures. And then mm. I think all the rules have been like kind of dropped. And yeah, yeah. I think as long as as long as you think it reminds you of ramen or makes you think that this is ramen, I I think it it can be good. Like I've seen ramen that just has just has like mushrooms in it. There's a restaurant in my city that just makes a mushroom vegan ramen. Yeah. That's just like three types of mushrooms on top of noodles. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. Like, <laughs> like, I would call this ramen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are there like a lot of vegan ramen restaurants around in San Francisco? I can imagine there's vegan ramen, re- uh, vegan restaurants in San Francisco. There's vegan restaurants. Um, there's no, there's no like actual all vegan ramen shops though. Okay. Yeah. All the, all the ramen shops here like have, they usually have at minimum a vegetarian order, but mm-hmm. they're starting to pick up and have at least one vegan order. Um. I don't know. I, I haven't been super duper impressed by all of them because, you know, when you're making like a vegan option for uh-huh. like the vegans in your city, like I think that the chefs in restaurants are trying to make something that will satisfy all of them. And then I think the stereotype is that vegans like to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are like a plain veggie broth with like noodles ah, and, like, and like rainbow vegetables. <laughs> like, they all tend to be the same, you know. <laughs> and then like if they get if they if they have a soy milk ramen, you know, that they're, they're they're getting warmer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but like I think that that I'm looking for like like original like original like vegan vegan bowls in my city. Um, my favorite my favorite bowl in the city is uh at a at, actually at a vegan sushi place. Oh, okay. And they make they make like a spicy garlic miso ramen that has like their own like chashu made of made of uh, gluten I think mm-hmm. like wheat protein, and that's that's been the one that's impressed me the most in San Francisco. Japan Japan's has some pretty good bowls that are really original. Okay, like what are some of the ones in Japan that you've had and kind of the components of those? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite ones is Kyushu Jingara. Um, it's a it's a chain in that has a lot of locations in Tokyo. They have a show your ramen that is just absolutely amazing. It's just it's a nice show your ramen with like garlic oil, and they have this tofu chashu. I have no idea how they make it. <laughs> I don't even know if you would call it tofu. It's just like this flat ribbon of soy that they put on it, and it is so good. It is it is one of the best things I've eaten before. Wow! And and I'm like now that now that I'm like back here back at home and like shelter in place is happening they posted like on their instagram i think that they have a shio ramen now oh <laughs> and i'm so mad i can't be there you know because <laughs> i really want to try that and that's um, the that's a, those are chintons like a chinton vegan ramen they were, it was chinton yeah yeah oh. i think i have a photo yeah i have a photo of it and, and i remember it was see-through so it, they're chintons wow um i had a pie tan in the in tokyo station's ramen street mm-hmm. at a uh, sora nora nippon they had a gluten-free carrot ramen 
and that one gets points to me for being original. It, like the uh -huh. carrot, it was just like pure like it was a carrot, it was an orange carrot python. Like it, it's what you would expect, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was really good, and they they didn't use ramen noodles; they used brown rice noodles. So I guess oh. that's breaking a lot. That, that's breaking like one really critical rule. But I would call it ramen because it was really, it was really good and satisfying and original. Yeah, I and, feel like I feel like Japanese people don't have the rules. There's no rules in Japan for ramen. It seems like I don't know. It's just a weird yeah. thing I've been thinking about recently because. Like I yeah. said, we think we talk about it all the time. Like me and Mike, um, Ramiller talk about it all the time. Like, oh, what's because I I had originally talked to him about like I want to do like a fully American ramen, and he's like, well, what is that? You know, like where yeah. do you, where does that line get crossed? But I really feel like if Japanese people can serve that kind of stuff, like a carrot ramen with rice noodles, and call it ramen, I really feel yeah. there's no there's no rules to what you can and can't do with ramen. I I, I guess yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, it's yeah. um. Like I don't know, like ramen was it was it's like a post World War II dish. Yeah, yeah. Like it was it was like originally a Chinese soup, but it was made with but started being made with Japanese cooking methods mm -hmm. on American wheat. And yeah, like, yeah, like it got popular right. with with American wheat. Yeah, I mean like, I mean like it was t t totally super like messed up like how this all came to be, but because yeah, yeah. it was post World War II, but it was on american wheat so i don't i don't know like like different cultures kind of co-created like mm -hmm. this dish mostly japan though it's mostly japan yeah yeah and um i think i think that like since it's so young it's only 40 like what 40 50 60 years old i guess yeah yeah i mean the uh, that like i mean there was like shinasoba and chukasoba before that but it was yes, yes. more like what ramen is today it's after the war that's where it kind of came out yeah I think yeah, I think ramen definitely has some like an identity crisis right now. Yeah, how do you feel like the vegan ramen is gonna go in America? Do you think it's like is it gaining popularity? Is it something? Well, it just seems like it because I get, I don't know if it's just like vegans, like I don't understand like why. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I don't understand is like why I get so many of those comments of like, can you make vegan ramen? Because I've never hinted on my channel at all that I'm doing anything vegan. You yeah. know, like but but I still get a ton of comments, and so I I don't know if it's like. Um, vegan searching ramen recipes and then they're trying to like figure out how to do it or like I, I'm just curious like from your perspective like how where's the like where is the is there like a demand like a massive demand for vegan ramen coming up now um I I would say so yeah I mean I think it's more of a, like a demand for just vegan food in general uh -huh. and as more people go go, the more people are going vegan and eat only eating only plant based, and then I think ramen's just known to be as like kind of the like one of the ultimate like comfort food savory dishes. Mm. It's like the like the ultimate like one of the ultimate food experiences. It's like it's like some people spend like you know decades of their life trying to perfect like their ramen dish in Japan. Uh -huh. So I think that when people go vegan they're looking like at some point in your life, you know, you, you kind of miss, like you don't miss meat, but you miss having something as like really satisfying. I see. And I think like people who, people who like, I don't know, want ramen are part of the ramen craze. Like ramen is a craze, you know, everyone's mm. like really fanatical about ramen. Yeah. It's kind of and like I, home I, brewing or yeah. like one of those barbecuing or like a really niche. Yeah. Like I realized that recently where it's the people that get really into making ramen are like, a similar uh, psychological profile as people that get yeah. really into like brewing beer at home or, yeah. or barbecuing or, you know, like it's like things yeah. you could just buy, but you yeah. can go to a restaurant and get it, but you want to be someone who can do it at home. So. Yeah. It, it's, it's like culty and I love it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
I don't know. I, I think I think that I think that like they're just part of the craze, like the fanatical craze for ramen. Mm. Except there aren't there aren't there aren't any dishes that have blown them away yet. You know, like they haven't been blown away by vegan ramen because, uh-huh. like in whatever city you're in, if if you're in like a a really like developed city, a really big city, like there there probably is like a vegan ramen order somewhere in there. Yeah, but I mean, like. It sucks. I, I <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not gonna blow you away you know uh-huh. like it, it's 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 like it's like a write-off it's like oh yeah this is just something to order so your vegan friend can come with you to our yeah, restaurant you know I see. like like uh i don't know like there needs to be a restaurant that's like bought made by a vegan for vegans mm-hmm. and it's all vegan ramen dishes um there's only one there's like one chain in japan named tease tantan that does that mm-hmm. and they have a bunch of original dishes that are very very good that's not in america yet and i think i think that vegan ramen lovers they're kind of that's kind of an oxymoron because they <laughs> they kind of they kind of like left out of like this like really this really like fanatical experiencing of like dishes yeah. that blow you away you know like chasing the ideal dish yeah and I, I see it too because like a lot of um there's some vegan ramen recipes on the internet but it's not none of them are made by someone like you you know who's like not just not only vegan, but someone who's also passionate about making ramen. So yeah, it's, it's a it's a definitely like a hole in the market, and that could be why like I get these comments because it's I have never on my channel said like oh, I'm making I I'm a vegan cook. It's like yeah. but I still get a ton of comments from vegans saying like oh, can you make a vegan ramen? Yeah. So it's cool, man. Yeah. Like I I think I I had a conversation with um so the podcast that I just recorded yesterday it's gonna go up um probably next week it's with cool. this guy kyle in i think he's in i forget where he is i just talked to him i think he's in like indianapolis or something but he has a situation at his um he works at a restaurant but it's a pretty cool situation where he gets kind of like free reign on these weekly ramen special mm-hmm. and i think maybe like a vegan restaurant doing something like that might be pretty cool you know like if you have like a established vegan restaurant who has like other menu items but like once a week, they they throw out they throw out like a vegan ramen special kind of thing. Yeah, that might be like a good start for like a to get like to just show people like it's not just a throwaway dish. It's like something that can be elevated, like yeah. any kind of other vegan cuisine. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like like have like I don't know, having like a vegan ramen dish and not be as like not just your future, but like something that could be your restaurant instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like he said what it, what happened with him, and he's like in the Midwest, so it's always crazy for me to like, you know, like when you talk about kind of like these kind of like new, basically like new foods to America, like a lot of the Asian inspired foods. You think about the coast, like East Coast, West Coast, like New York City will have it, L.A., uh, San Francisco, you know, up, up the West Coast will generally be more familiar with it. But he's doing it like in the Midwest, serving like shoyu ramens and things like that. And he said it's become like a major attraction for that restaurant for people to come and try like all these different kind of like really Japanese. He learned in Japan how to make ramen. So he's doing it in, um, God, I feel so bad. I can't remember. Indiana, I think it's Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, and so like, yeah, man, like I, I really awesome. feel like instead of just doing it as a throwaway kind of, you know, like you were saying, like most ramen restaurants would be like ramen. And oh, we also have a vegan ramen for your vegan friend. So they're not yeah. completely yeah, left out. And also people posting their recipes are like, yeah, I make, they're like, I make vegan food or I make ramen dishes. And then at some point they might say, this is my ramen, this is my ramen, this is my uh-huh. ramen episode, or this is my vegan episode or something. Uh-huh. And, and then to, to have like, to have something be like, like made purposefully be of like vegan ramen. Mm-hmm. How, how am I trying to say this? Like <laughs> to make, make the vegan ramen, the, like the, 
the main thing, like the main theme of your channel, your restaurant, or your blog. Yeah, but yeah. You I, do I, it. Think th- I think there should be more <laughs> of that, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. well, I've got I, coronavirus I lockdown. You should start <laughs> putting stuff out there. Because I think it's, I, think it's I, I really think like it's, there's, a, there's probably, it seems like there's a hole as far as like, there's people, other people out there like you that want to do that. Like want to be yeah. fanatical about ramen and want to do vegan ramen right. Vegan ramen done right is kind of yeah. like a thing that's not really a thing yet, I think. You might have just named name like the blog <laughs> I'm going to do. <laughs> Vegan ramen done right. <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah, man. Yeah, so- I, I think it's definitely like, like an itch that needs to be scratched for a lot of people. Like a lot of people who are vegan who like want ramen. Mm. And also people who like who love ramen too, like want to try a vegan ramen that's going to impress them as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you think... Um, an unhealthy vegan ramen is still healthier than a normal ramen or do you think it's like there's no difference at all as far as like health benefits of doing like a vegan ramen that's done really Uh, really well tastes really good (laughs) i think i think it's i think it's different man like there's definitely a lack of there's definitely no cholesterol in a vegan ramen of course Uh um I th- I think in general, yeah, yeah, it, it's a bit healthier. Like the only unhealthy thing I can think about for vegan ramen is just a lot of salt and a lot of fat because you know, like a lot of like flavoring oil. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about the nutritional value of like non-vegan ramen, but I, I know that probably, I think it's probably pretty terrible for you. Pretty bad. <laughs> to yeah. Be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've I've seen like videos of people making like non-vegan miso ramen. Yeah. Where you like take your miso garlic paste, your pork fat, and you just fry that up in a pan. Yeah. And then just pour that over noodles. Barely yep. any, barely any water or soup went in there. You just pour yeah. it over noodles. That looks awful for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, they, throw, it they like put a little would, bit of cabbage in there to kind yeah, of make a little, a little bit of cabbage. <laughs> yeah, or like, or like just a little green onion. You know, when it feels yeah, healthy, yeah, yeah. you know. Green onion <laughs> yeah. is the official vegetable of Hawaii, by the way. Really, <laughs> so many, I didn't know that. No, it's not. It is a joke oh. because that's oh. all Hawaii, people in Hawaii eat is green onion. Like it's the oh, only really? vegetable, like the garnish of green onion oh. on something. It's like all the vegetables that people in Hawaii eat. I didn't know that. Oh, that's kind of the joke in Hawaii. Yeah, there used to be a Hawaiian barbecue place near my house, and then like I remember, like every everything on there was just like completely like bad for you, like, chicken <laughs> yeah. katsu over like over mac and cheese or something. And yeah, all but then you got the little bit of green onion to me, a little L- bit healthier. So let's like a single chive right on top. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's healthy. It's your vegetable yeah. portion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was I would say that for the like for vegan ramen, when you're eating something that's called vegan tonkatsu, that's going to be healthier because that that probably has like a plant based milk in it, and plant yeah. plant based milk is good for you. You know, that mm-hmm. unhealthy part is just the fat. Like the garlic oil they added to it. Oh, or yeah, yeah. In general, yeah, it, it's probably is healthier. Okay, yeah, it's because it's not like the like Impossible Burger or anything like that, where <laughs> the health benefits of that are like negligible. But yeah. uh, those are like those are like the same. The Impossible Burger that's like <laughs> that's like similar to beef, I think. <laughs> yeah, the Impossible yeah, Burger is interesting. Like they literally invented a new substance. Yeah, that sounds. Make- yeah, I don't know. That sounds bad. pretty sketch to like put in your body when it's like brand new and I don't know. Yeah, they, yeah. They added like a molecule to soy, and suddenly the soy turns like it like recompromises itself and turns into like beef. Yeah. Like they added blood to. I don't know. It make it no wait no for blood. They invented blood. Oh my gosh, basically. that sounds yeah. terrible. Yeah, no, it's a whole story. It was a really controversial when it came out because they had to do one animal test to like release that through the FDA. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got some, I got a bunch of listener questions. We can start getting into those. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So first one is from Confucius Eats. Mm-hmm. And he asked, 
he asks, what type of what type of mushroom blend would you recommend for a good vegan broth? But I'm not sure if you use mushrooms in your. I use mushrooms sometimes. Okay, okay, so. Um, I have I well st- the standard mushroom of course is shiitake, mm-hmm. um, but I, that's not my preference though. Um, I I like a blend of mostly maitake mushroom, like dried maitake, uh, maybe like major- at least the majority. And then just a little, little bit of shiitake. Um, okay. that, that's just that's just what I, I tend to do. Um, I think that shiitake, like I, I don't know if you've gotten had this experience before, but I think shiitake is a little bit sweet in the broth, mm. um, like dried shiitake. It definitely Maitake. has a very shiitake-ish flavor. You can definitely taste yeah. it right away if it's in yeah, there. Um, yeah. When I gelatinize my dashi once, I don't know why, but the agar makes it take like smell different. Mm, okay. It makes it smell like very very processed. So I gelatinized like a mushroom kombu dashi. And one time my girlfriend found it in the fridge and asked me, what is this? And she opened it and smelled it. And she, and she was like, looked at me and was like, it smells like sadness. Because <laughs> cause like, cause like it, it made the shiitake smell really, really processed and uh, machine, like smelled a little bit metal. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still, still playing with agar. But shiitake is not my favorite mushroom. Maitake is my favorite. I think it's a little more expensive though. Because I, I, I think that's more of a, like a general, like savory mushroom flavor. Like it just tastes like mushroom, you know, and it's really like versatile for like whatever your soup you're putting it in. Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good tip. Um, yeah. Shiitake is kind of like the standard one because it's just packed with glutamates. But if, you, yeah. if you're not after, if you're not chasing the glutamates, then you don't really need that much shiitake if you just want the flavor. Yeah. All right. So cook Duarte. I, I'm, I don't know why I do this. I always co- write out the questions in Evernote and then it autocorrects. So I have to guess the names because uh, the names usually try to autocorrect with some words, but I think it's Cook Duarte or Duarte. Yeah. Um, oh, you actually, actually asked, answered this question already. What type of fat is used in vegan ramen? Yeah, just just, just any vegetable fat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really use olive oil. Um, if, if anyone's wondering, olive oil has a low smoke point. Uh-huh. And when you're simmering that, with, I don't. I just feel like I, I just feel like olive oil is like a really delicate oil, mm. and it's use extra virgin to like simmer like whatever aromatic you put in. If you're using yeah. garlic, if you're using uh, shallots or or chives or something, not chives. I never. I don't use chives. Um, I think the olive oil like just has a chance of I don't know burning or yeah. breaking down in a way that isn't gonna make a good flavor. I think a good neutral oil is good, like okay. canola, vegetable, grapeseed, or avocado. Okay. Okay. Uh, Foodie T Nam asks, um, "What's the best type of plant-based milk for Python?" And I think you answered it. But if you want to yeah. give your, maybe you can do a ranking yeah. of all the plant-based <laughs> milks that you've ever tried. I would, I would, I actually. Okay, if I had to rate them, I've only used soy milk and oat milk, and I okay. think oat milk is amazing, but for different reasons though. Like okay. oat milk is just like, it's just it has like pure creaminess. And that has been like my choice of milk for a vegan tonkatsu. Um, soy milk is just it's just it's just kind of like I think that that's like the nat- like I don't know the signature plant based milk for for vegan ramen. Like the first like good vegan ramen I think was, was soy milk based, uh-huh. like when it got popular. So I think that that I can't really compare them. I think they're just different. I think who I mean. Who who's it asked the question? Uh, Foodie T Nam. I would challenge Foodie T Nam to use, and anyone anyone else who wants to try different milks to use different milks because they're all different. They all have different flavors, 
And there's just so many different combinations you can try that I haven't tried yet. There's so have many you, milks. Have you tried to like blend, do a blend 50-50 soy milk, oat milk? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I, yeah. I, I did that when I was like baby stepping into oat milk because I was a little afraid of using oat milk because okay. oat milk is like the only use, the biggest use for oat milk is just to put in your coffee because oh, it tastes okay. kind of like creamer. Um, so I was baby stepping my way before I went full oat milk. <laughs> and then I, and then it turns out like going full oat milk was the right idea. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've, I've done that blend before, but, but you know, that that's really made me curious. I actually, that made me think, think that I want to try cashew milk, uh-huh. flax milk. I want to try out. I've like, I am of a, a Filipino place, a vegan Filipino place in the city makes their like makes ube ice cream out of flax milk. Because oh yeah. They, they think good. that's, yeah, that's like the creamiest milk in their opinion. Oh. There's rice milk too. Like all different milks have different qualities and flavors to them. Uh-huh. Levels of sweetness. And I think I'd encourage like people to try different milks. Have you ever tried to do like a Filipino inspired uh, ramen? Vegan ramen? I thought, thought about it. <laughs> like adobo inspired, like something that's, oh. high in, that's high in garlic, high in vinegar with like tofu. Like I don't know, a, like adobo flavored tofu. Oh. Definitely will have a shit ton of garlic oil. Like <laughs> I got to give a nod to like, you know, like, like I'm, I'm half Filipino. So I, uh-huh. I, I got to give a nod to like, to like that heritage and it, it would, it would have a lot of garlic oil on it and yeah, fried I, garlic on top too. Yeah. I have a lot of, uh, what, what is that? Um, there's like that fish soup thing. Uh, what is it called? I can't remember what it's called. Um, it has like tamarind, tamarind, um, that it's like a Filipino soup. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I think I, I think I know it's, is it synagogue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that, that would yeah. be an interesting one to do. Cause that yeah. tastes good too. That, that'd be really good. Yeah. Like a, like a sweet and sour or like yeah. a sour savory kind of soup. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A Filipino American dish that I, that I grew up with is us. It's like sea log. It's oh just yeah, like, yeah. 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 It's like garlic rice, bacon and eggs. And, um, like vegan bacon and vegan eggs are there's vegan bacon and vegan eggs that look look and taste like the real thing out there. Um, like I I think like a I've always wanted to make like a bacon and eggs ramen <laughs> out of those once like they got more once they like got more and more accurate in the production. I think that'd be really good. Oh, that'd be cool. I, I I really I really dig the idea of trying to make ramen out of different things. I think David, um, Nichijou ramen, I had him on the show too. He does that a lot. He makes like turkey ramen based on like the idea of a turkey dinner where he's like, like cranberry kind of things. And turkey oh yeah. And, like a little bit of, is there like gravy on it too? Yeah. Like he does that. He does the stuffing in the noodles and he does like a kind of gravy kind of thing. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I love that kind of stuff. So it's always, always interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love when people like, like theme their ramen yeah, around yeah. like around something like I may, I, Around like Halloween in October, last October, I made my girlfriend uh, pumpkin spice ramen. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I made like a like a like a pumpkin broth, and I like made the garlic oil with like like cinnamon, like snow anise. Like I put different like dry spices in the oil when I simmered it, and I I, I really liked it. Yeah, sounds, yeah it, it was, it was really awesome. fun to do. All right, so he had another question. He said, he asked, "What exotic vegetables do you use in making stock?" And he says. Mushroom, celery, carrots, and onions is a given and doesn't count. Okay, mushroom, celery, onions is carrots, a given. Carrots, yeah. Carrots. So other than those four, what kind of things have you used in making stocks? Let's see. I feel. I mean, there's leek, cabbage, and garlic, but I think those don't those don't really mm-hmm. count either. Um, 
have I used exotic vegetables? I'm not a very stock-based person. Like, I, I focus a lot on my tares and, like, my plant-based milk. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, if you count, like, like an algae called agar-agar <laughs> as an exotic vegetable, <laughs> I have put that into it, yeah. And if you're wondering, if you're wondering, like, I, uh, um, it's a, I think it's like a teaspoon to your stock, a teaspoon of agar-agar powder, not flakes, but powder, into a liter of stock. If okay. you bring that to, if you bring that to near boiling, it will melt. And then, if you make half of that, half make that half of that, and, and the other half plant-based milk, you will have an interesting, an interesting and really good ramen. I, so agar agar is, is like the most exotic thing I have added to my stock. Okay, and I, I think we we talked about it last time, but we forgot to mention it this time that the cook time for vegan ramen is also usually much shorter because you're not way shorter. You're not doing bones and stuff, so you can actually make it. You can actually make vegan ramen probably like one day, right? Like start to finish, you could do. Yeah, easily do that yeah, one day. yeah. I mean, yeah. If you have your noodles ready, yeah, yeah, and anything else has to be rested and things like that, yeah. then then yes, you then yeah, it just it'll just take a day. Um, the stock only takes like an hour and a half. Oh, nice. At minimum, should... yeah. If you go in any longer, um, you don't you're not gonna have a gin tan. I think like the vegetables will start to break down. And yeah, yeah. Body. So yeah, th- th- that's a benefit. Like. If you're if you're never in a situation where someone wants you to make a like a kick-ass bowl and like you only have like three hours, like uh-huh. you, you like a vegan ramen would probably be a good idea. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. All right, next question is from T. Autocorrect Pfizer. Pfizer. Um, what? Yeah, what's the best way to use sun-dried tomatoes for broth or dashi or? I guess that's his question, but. Um, I guess for anything, what's the best way to use sun-dried tomatoes? Um, try putting it in your oil instead. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, put it in your put it in your oil, um, and try to simmer that, and then I think that'll make the oil red too, which mm. would be really interesting. And put that put that like on, on top of the broth, and that'll get you the tomato scent and the tomato flavor. I've I've you know the first ramen that I that I like fanatically tried to perfect and stuff wasn't actually swimbuck ramen it was actually a, tom- a roasted tomato ramen uh-huh. and i tried all kinds of different tomatoes i tried i tried like you know cherry tomatoes and i tried using like roma tomatoes and like blending in like the roasted those roasted tomatoes into it and i and i i think i tried using sun-dried tomatoes in the broth once and i don't know it, it just tasted kind of like warm tomatoes to me <laughs> to be oh i see yeah it probably has I a strong it. tomato flavor that kind of comes out of it if you use yeah it. Um, but but I I did once uh, put tomato paste into my flavor oil as I was mm. making it with garlic, and um, that made the that made the oil red and it made it very like strongly scented of tomato and that was one of the most like satisfying like tomato robins I had made. So oh, I would cool. try putting the sun dried tomatoes in your flavor oil when you simmer it. Cool, that's a good idea. All right, so the next question is from Chila. Quila. <laughs> I love that. I'm terrible at reading these names. Um, oh, he kind of answered this already. He said, "How do you get a soup with a lot of body?" Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, agar, agar. But then, if you don't want to use like something like that, try using a nut. Try putting a nut butter in your ramen. Mm, okay. um, safest one is tahini. It kind of makes it adds like a sesame flavor to it. A nut mm-hmm. butter just makes it kind of thicker. Um, and cashew butter is also really good too. I tried almond butter once. Almond butter was like a very risky thing, and it was it was actually pretty good. 
like just a slight amount of nut butter mm. can make your soup have a good body. I find interesting about you, Chris, is that you don't, you're not really like doing a lot of meat. I, I think when people, ramen chefs try to do vegan ramen, they do, they think, okay, I'm going to do miso vegan ramen right away. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you don't really do, try too hard to do miso vegan ramens. I mean, I guess the one recipe sent me has miso in it, but it doesn't seem like you're trying to like, you know, do the whole like walk thing method for the vegan ramen stuff. And you mean, you mean like, like, like it's either shio shoyu or yeah like i mean just in general like you're, you're you seem to be chasing more like a tonkotsu-ish kind of like python kind of thing rather than yeah. like a miso ramen kind of experience but, but i think a lot of ramen chefs would think like okay vegan ramen miso is already vegan so i'm gonna go that route yeah yeah i i guess i guess like so, so you're saying like the the ramen that i'm trying to make like seems to be like i'm not going for like what most vegan ramen like Why most just, vegan ramen no, I think it's interesting that because like you're you're like actually a vegan, so like, um, I think people that aren't vegan when they think okay, I'm gonna make a vegan ramen, they they immediately go to like a miso ramen, yeah. But instead, you've been making like ton, fake tonkotsu, vegan tonkotsus, and yeah. all these other things, and I just thought yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think that when I think when non-vegan chefs like when they're making their vegan ramen, I think they're thinking of like subtraction, like ah, like see. I'm losing the bones. How yeah, can, yeah. how can I survive this? Um, I think I think like it's good to turn around and try to view it positively. Like I have to do with, do without this. What new thing can I add to make this like original and to make this like something that people want to try? Yeah, like, what, what like original ingredients? That's a great. That's a great. I think I think that's like a huge difference between like yeah, non-vegans trying to make vegan ramen and a true vegan making vegan ramen. It's like yeah, you're going for opposite directions. You know, one is going yeah. backwards and you're trying to go forward. Yeah, cool, I, I feel po- positively like like yeah. you're, you're on chopped or something with some kind of food. Network yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> like you were given your basket. It's it's all like it's all vegetables. You didn't give, get any bones, and they said make ramen, and yeah. you're like, cool, man. Like I gotta I gotta like be creative and blend and like fry and saute different things to try and make something that like is like you know a good replacement. Yeah, cool. Um, he also asks for vegan tare ideas. Vegan tare ideas. Um. Well, the tares that I use, they're not that different from non-vegan ones. Like shio tare is like, you know, they have like white shoyu in it. They yeah. have like, com- they use kombu. Um, I think there's just like the subtraction of like, like fish, like anchovies and katsuboshi. Uh-huh. Um, I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any set tares I use. I just mainly just use a shio or miso tare mm-hmm. in like my different ramens. Um, I haven't made anything like, like super original that's like any different other than like like you know taking taking out the fish yeah yeah okay um the kyle machine so this is actually the guy that i was just talking about he I interviewed him yesterday he asks what method of vegan chashu have you has been your favorite or more most successful and again you kind of talked about this one before but yeah so yeah so like for a while i was just like frying tofu um i was frying it with like thyme and garlic mm, and interesting and I was adding, I was adding like kalanamak to it. That's black salt, like uh-huh. from that's that's used in like India and and a lot of other Asian countries. Uh, I was adding it to my tofu, kind of like to kind of melt together like the the chashu and the egg experience. The black salt tastes like egg because it's it's oh, full of sulfur. Sulfur. Yeah, oh, that's that's what I was doing at first. But lately, like like I don't know, this this is my method that I had I had just thought of. I've been noticing that my tofu chashu tasted better the day after. Because I think when it rests in the fridge, I think the the proteins relax, the, the the soy fibers relax, and then 
and then they when you eat it 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 feels a lot more like meat so what i've been doing is i've been baking my tofu like my i've been like pressing the water out of the tofu um i've been marinating it in like a soy sauce based broth uh based marinade and then i've been baking that gently just to make it into plain baked tofu which is a very healthy thing i've been resting that in the fridge overnight the day prior to making the bowl and then taking it out brushing it with something very strong flavored like like a combination of like soy sauce brown sugar and liquid smoke mm-hmm. and then i've been braising that in the oven like under like hot like really like hot oh. fire to get a caramelization on the outside kind of like how you you would finish your chashu actually oh, yeah, yeah yeah with a torch um i, w- I want to keep on like doing it that way and like and I, w- I want to get a torch too <laughs> to try and like <laughs> like doing it like on like like the way like i see a lot of like um ramen chefs do it yeah and that that's been that's been my favorite way to do it like, it's it's so good it, it just it tastes like like a braised like piece of piece of meat pretty much oh that sounds sick yeah. you could even make like a um vegan chashu don with on rice with that too and yeah and yeah actually yeah yeah that's always the meal everyone has the day after ramen, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take all the toppings and put them over rice yeah. all right let's see um arjuna rp asks how can you achieve high levels of umami in vegan ramen um well if you if you if you don't care msg is vegan <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> yeah you can put a ton of that in um uh, I, I don't personally put that in because i think like if my guests know it's in even though it's, it's not even bad for you i think it people have a certain feeling about msg uh-huh. um if i mean if you want to add more mommy you can use more kombu just use more more dried mushrooms like more than like a non-vegan recipe would use um I talked with Backyard Ramen about Marmite on Instagram uh-huh. a little bit. And then she she made a Marmite Tade, actually. Yeah. Check her Instagram out. She has the recipe on there. And I made Marmite Tade before because Marmite is um it, it's it's like it's just pure it's just pure umami pretty much. It's basically like MSG, but it's yeast extract. Yeah. And so like if you look at a lot of like processed food, it has yeast extract as one of yeah. the top ingredients almost always. And that's basically yeah. they're just trying to add MSG without adding MSG in there. Yeah, that, that's Marmite. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You could call it like whole grain MSG or something. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the healthier version. <laughs> yeah. It's super pungent, super strong. My, my girlfriend's grandfather, he's, he's, he's British. He was excited last Christmas because I wanted Marmite. So he gave me a tiny jar of it. Oh, nice. And I made a, mar- I made a Marmite Tare. And that, that actually added like, I don't know, it was funky. Mm-hmm. That's what the flavor was. And, and the funky kind of, kind of um, interacted with the oat milk that I oh. added to, to, to it. And it it was like, it, it was it was really it was a really good contrast. It was very it was very like deep in the flavor. The umami was there, so marmite is like like one way besides MSG to to add uh to add umami to it. Good stuff. All right, let's see. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting question. So Ferox Yoga asks, oh, "What are hey? That's, that's, a, that, that's, that's my that's a Claire. That's my brother's girlfriend. Okay, cool. What's yeah, up, Claire." Yeah. So what are your do's and don'ts of making vegan ramen? My do's and don'ts of making vegan ramen. Um, do's and don'ts. I'm thinking of like all five components mm-hmm. of it. Um, do not, if you're going to use um, a plant-based milk, I'm pretty sure that, that when people start out, they're buying their plant-based milk from a store and when you're buying it it's in your fridge it's cold when right before you cook with it do not overboil it and do not put it under too high of heat 
especially if you're using soy milk. Um, when you when you use soy milk to make make ramen, I've overboiled it so many times, and that that actually made the fat separate oh, okay. um, because like yuba starts forming on the on the surface of the soy milk because I was heating it to put it in the soup. Yeah, that turns it into basically skim soy milk, oh, and that that actually reduces the body of your broth because like it's really hard to integrate that fat back into the soy milk because it's it's all on the top now. So that 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 is a don't. Um, a do is to be positive. Don't don't think of like making cooking vegan or making vegan ramen as subtraction. Think of it as an opportunity to like make something entirely new that no one's ever seen before. That's awesome. Yeah. People are keeping me up on Instagram. That's super dumb. All right. Um, this is an interesting question. So Victorium seven asks, have you have you seen French guy Alex French guy is cooking vegetarian ramen, and what did you think of it? Have I seen it? Um, I, I have not, but I've heard of it. Okay. And right after I get off this podcast, I am gonna look. At, <laughs> I am gonna look at that. I don't know. If, I think he's. I think he's referencing the one that he just did. He just did a video. Um, he called it like trash ramen or something. Trash ramen. But because it was like he's he's on lockdown in France and he can't get all of his ingredients either, so he made it with a bunch of like vegetable scraps and he did like a sun dried oh. tomato for a topping, and, and I think he put an egg, but. With regardless of the egg, the the broth itself, the soup was a vegetarian trash, um, leftover scraps from veg vegetables and sun dried tomato, and I can't remember what yeah. else he had on it, but I guess you gotta yeah. watch it to see. Let's see, he made it ten days ago, and oh wow, you use zucchini and fennel peel, onion skin. <laughs> I've never, I've always wondered like if onion skin would help broth. I mean, and, they put it in uh, Japanese. Oh, I hit my mic. Uh, Japanese ramen restaurants will just throw like a whole onion in there with the skin. And true, all, and that's true, and, and the, like garlic with the skin on too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I I haven't I haven't uh, seen this video yet, and I'm actually gonna look it out there. So, so thank you for that recommendation. Oh, what cool. was the name again? Victorium 07. Thank you, Victorium 07. I'm, I'm gonna do this video right he after. He also wants to know, like, how would you change his recipe to make it vegan? I guess because it's vegetarian, because there's an egg, and then. Yeah, to make a vegan, take the take egg the, out. take the egg out. <laughs> add a roasted tomato. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta look at it first. All right, and then last question is: Ryan wants ramen. asks What's the most difficult or time-consuming style of vegan ramen to make? Most difficult or time-consuming style of, of ramen to make? Um, I think she, I think okay. It's not time. It's not time-consuming, but shio ramen. Mm -hmm. Shio ramen is a test of if, if you are a, a good if you are a good ramen chef. Like, I mean, it's the same with non-vegan ramen too. Like, like yeah. shio ramen just like, like, like I mean, when you have non-vegan ramen, you have like the umami from the bones. You have like the body from the bones. When you make vegan ramen, like, that's when you when, that's when you really are thinking about subtraction. You're really thinking about how like I'm without this thing and I have to keep the broth clear. I can't throw like like a ton of shit, like a ton of different ingredients in there yeah, to yeah. like, to like, just like make this pun, this punchy power for ramen. Like I need to keep it clear and clean. And I think that that is one of the hardest vegan ramens to make. And that's a good way to like, to, to test yourself. Like, can I make a good vegetable broth and are my noodles tasting good? Because when, when your broth is not that strong, the noodles are going to stand out, the oil will stand out and your toppings will stand out too. Like everything stands out because the broth was like, it's like most of the flavor it's like most of the flavor in the dish mm -hmm. so i think that's one of the hardest to make and one of the most like fun to make it's like it's really challenging yeah cool man yeah i, I love it like you have the 
you're making vegan ramen, but you have the mindset of someone making just any kind of ramen, the obsessive kind of like challenge. Yeah. <laughs> the challenge is the, is the, is the fun part of ramen and knowing that you're going to have lots of fuck ups and not make good ramen a lot of times. It's, yeah. It's people don't like, I was, I was making ramen for, um, I was on the, on, on the big Island for new year's and I was making ramen for my, my relatives. And they're like, Oh, poor thing. Like Ryan is like just standing and looking at this pot for like six hours. <laughs> it's like, that's my, that's what my that's like equivalent of my golfing, you know, like some people go yeah. golfing for six hours, like me watching this pot for six hours to make sure it doesn't boil. And yeah, you know, that's my, that's my, uh, my pastime yeah. my hobby. So. Yeah. You're like alive and you're like screaming on the inside <laughs> yeah, and yeah. The, they can never understand unless they do it themselves, you know? Yeah. 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 So it's cool, man. All right. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Cause, uh, we didn't get a chance to put the last episode up. So I think a lot of people are going to be interested after hearing this. Oh one. yeah. If I'm on Instagram, I'm only on Instagram right now, like vegan underscore 10 men. So vegan underscore T-A-N-M-E-N. And, and you know, you can just like, you just see me making ramen. Like I, I'm not a restaurant owner or anything. Like I haven't done a pop-up yet. Yeah. Not yet. Oh, <laughs> what, what, how did that one go? So like we talked about it off air last time. Oh yeah. And you had um, a potential thing kind of going, but. Um, I, I mean, I took a, I took a class with like one of like the best vegan restaurant owners uh-huh. in like the city and, um, like, like she, she offered me to like borrow the space, but, but, um, well, the, well, the restaurant was, was like Nick's Kitchen. Nick, I mean, I just gotta give a shout out. Nick's Kitchen is <laughs> my favorite place. It's Nick's Kitchen is, ve- is vegan Filipino food in the Bay area. It's amazing. Um, I, I was really excited about that, at that offer because it made me feel like I was like ready. It made me uh-huh. feel like, you know, I could totally do it. Um, I, I think, I, I think like I want to do it on my own terms though. Like yeah, I really yeah. want to, I really want to develop it first. I want, I want like the dish to, when it goes in front of a customer, I want it to be like, like I've never seen this before. Is this really vegan? Like the taste is really good. Everything is refined. Like I want to think about all five components and really make them mine before I should do it. And also be like ready to like make a large quantity of it. Yeah, that seems like a big challenge. Um, yeah. The, the pop-up, pop-up round table episode that we did was like, everybody gets their ass kicked on their first time doing a yeah. pop-up because they're, they're just not ready for the amount of the speed and the amount of ramen you have to make in such a short time. So. Yeah, like, like I, when I go from making ramen for two people to making it for five people yeah. or six, like I made it for my... I made it for my family. I made it for my girlfriend's family. Uh-huh. Shout out to my and my girlfriend's families for like <laughs> testing my bowls all the time, by the way. <laughs> thank, thank you, mom and dad, my brother. But um, like the, the production is just, it's just, it's just so, so much more suddenly because from, from two to six, like, like imagine going from six to a hundred yeah. and, and yeah. like having staff and stuff. It's just so different. And I don't think I'm ready for that because um, I'm, I'm in school right now. Okay. So, so um, I think like on my own terms, I think, I think I'll, I don't think just because I'm like not like taking a chance to do a pop up right now means I'll never do it. I think I'll do it in my own way because because I'm I'm always gonna be like a like a fanatic for making this stuff. So yeah, yeah. I think when I'm ready, I'll do that. Good but stuff, yeah, people can find me on Instagram, vegan underscore ten men, and just you just see me like pushing pushing the limits of vegan ramen in whatever way like excites me at the moment. Um, if you follow my stories too. That, you'll see me making not like non-vegan food too, or you'll, you'll see my cats. My cats are adorable. And, <laughs> and, and you'll, you'll, you'll see like photos of them. So yeah. So come give me a follow on Instagram or, or please send me any questions about making vegan ramen. Cause, cause I love thinking about the fact that people are interested in vegan ramen and that they, they want to, and vegan food and they want to like, like, you know, push, like 
push the limits in, in, in a similar way. This is like, this sucks because this question should have been asked earlier. It's going to throw, throw us off the, the ending, but have you ever oh. tried using potatoes in the soups? Yeah. Um, wait, in the soups? Yeah, like uh, I see like in Japan, some, some restaurants will throw a potato in for like a python or something. Oh, yeah. So like add the starch to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make yeah, it yeah. more white. Um, you know what? I haven't. Okay, and okay. that's actually a good idea. I wait, you know, I think one time I, I had like one more, I had like a bag of potatoes, like it was like 12 potatoes. And then I used 11 of them and I had one more and I threw it into my broth uh-huh. when I was making ramen later. Um, I think I remember it being a little more starchy uh-huh. and that was, it was definitely, it was, I was definitely like, like a, like a different body to it. Um, so I think, I think that I want to give that a try if I'm going to make a, make another Python. Okay. You just made me think of that because because like I'm, I'm just so in this mode of like using like not too many vegetables but if i'm gonna do vegetables again i think I w- i'd want to try out like a wider range and adding like different kinds of white potatoes to it would be good cool i put potato noodles before oh yeah yeah um, yeah yeah i've uh, put potato powder in some i put what was it dried potato powder <laughs> into my noodles i it was it wasn't um it wasn't like thin noodles it was like thick noodles and then when I was making tomato ramen, I put potato powder in my noodles because I thought that would make it really American and that yeah, would really yeah. that like the flavor would really go with like the acidity of the tomatoes. Yeah. I, I, so I've done that. Cool, man. Yeah. Sorry, that was a, you. You did a nice closing, and then I just fucked it up with my <laughs> stupid question. But I thought about that because I I was thinking about this video that I was also just watching, and he put soy milk and potatoes in it. It's like, oh, I wonder if Chris did that too. But anyways, that's an interesting combo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But anyways, everybody just follow Chris on Instagram. He's doing some great stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me again. Thanks so much again to Chris for coming back on the show. I learned a ton about making vegan ramen. And I feel like I can maybe finally give vegan ramen a shot on my YouTube channel. If you want to follow him and learn more about making vegan ramen, you can give him a follow on Instagram. He's at vegan.tanmen. I'll look it up in the show notes you guys can find them pretty easily i want to give a big shout out to michael imrawar i think that's how you say your name michael i'm sorry about that if i mispronounced it for signing up to support this podcast on anchor thanks so much man if you want to be like mike you can go to anchor.fm slash way of ramen and you can click that support button and throw me a couple bucks show will always be free but the option is there and i will forever be grateful to you as always you can follow me on instagram at way of ramen and if you want to watch me make ramen and maybe look out for that vegan ramen video that i'll eventually do you can find me on youtube by searching the way of ramen you can also join the ramen discussion about this episode or about ramen in general or get help making ramen on our ramen discord server i'll link it up in the show notes A lot of the past podcast guests drop in there quite frequently to hang out and you can connect with them directly there. All right, that's about it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for your attention. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and I'll see you all in the next episode. Peace.